Welcome to House of Hoops with Bo, Brian, and Jeff. I'm Jeff Hausman coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee. It's episode 91. It's Tuesday night, January 2nd, 2022. Thank you for listening. still making our own music who's here tonight coming to me virtually from st paul minnesota is bo brady how's it going what up bo what's up and also coming to us virtually from down the street is brian clark hey what up brian yo what's up thank you for joining tonight we're gonna do our pick game we're going to do some NBA news. We're going to probably keep this a little short tonight, if we can. <clears throat> Visit us at houseofhoops.com. That's H-A-U-S of hoops.com for all your House of Hoops needs. You can call us at 901-365-75. You'll get our voicemail. You can leave a message. We'll play it on air. You get three minutes or less. We hope everybody enjoys tonight. It's the first show of the new year. Week 12 in the NBA. What's going on, guys? Back in the cold, not in studio. Yeah. Back in cold Minnesota. It got cold here, too, since you've been gone, I guess. What, no, it got cold before you left. Yeah, I left yesterday. How was your week here in Memphis? I didn't see you much. It was good. It was busy. We were supposed to fly out Sunday, but our flight got canceled, so we flew out yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we had to split the uh, the party up. So Kate and the boy left in the afternoon, and then the girls and me left in the evening. You guys just trying to hop on whatever flights you could get? Well, they originally put us all, all five of us on the noon flight out of Memphis. There's, there's the Minneapolis to Memphis nonstop runs all day back and forth. And they put us on the noon and then they all of a sudden we checked it later in the evening sunday evening and they put us on like a 6 a.m to detroit with a layover in detroit then to minneapolis and i wasn't going to have any part of that so we called them <laughs> after being on hold for like two hours and they were able to split our flights up mm. well you made it safely didn't have yeah. to drive did not it's good did you enjoy your stay yeah, man, we went down to Mississippi. The weather was like in the 80s down there. We had a, some friends come over from Hattiesburg to see us and saw some family too down in Mississippi. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Good. No, it was a fun new year. Saw, saw y'all, saw some friends, and yeah. Yeah, sorry I didn't get to see you much. Uh, I guess it was 
two days after we recorded last week, I fell ill with God knows what. Spent like four days in bed. Wasn't able to work. Speaking of work, Brian, how you doing? Hey, Jeff. <clears throat> I'm so glad you're feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> Your health is very important to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My health and everyone else's health, right? Indeed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I think Brian's a little upset. I sat out of work for a couple days, a few days. He's a little upset with me, I think. Um, In our line know, of work, you don't Je get sick days. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, I'm not. I'm just upset that you didn't. Well, I mean, you'll, you'll tell your story, but. Hmm. I'm just upset that you're apparently still susceptible to COVID. Oh, he's mad. He said I tested <laughs> that this negative. happened. He's, he's mad yeah. that I texted, tested negative for COVID. This, this happened and you can, you were out for five, six days. Um, I missed like four scheduled days, I think. Okay. Man, that's a lot in your business. Yeah. Not cause I wanted to. Cause I felt like it was the responsible thing to do. Well, yeah, I won't argue that, you know, with your symptoms, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have let you work, but, but, uh, yeah, like you can still get COVID now, so <laughs> you should be real careful. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm back in the so mask. You, so you don't you have to get uh, your booster, Jeff. So you don't miss any more work. <laughs> yeah. I was scared to get, well, I, I immediately thought about the booster and I was like, I should go get it. And I was like, well, I might have COVID. <clears throat> so I better not. I'm still not convinced I didn't have the COVID? Yeah, I'd say the odds are well in your favor. Um, even though I did pull a negative test result, I'm not sure. It was like one of those self-swab places where you swab yourself. And uh, I don't know if I got in there the way I was supposed to or even if I should trust the test at all. I just, I don't know. These things are still weird to me. But feeling better, the headaches went away. <clears throat> I don't feel totally drained, feeling better, ready to go back to work tomorrow. Brian. So you didn't lose your sense of smell or taste or anything? No, I, I feel like I had every other symptom, though. Yeah, I don't know what the, uh, what are they saying with this Omicron wave? Are people losing their s smell and whatnot? Or? I just don't know. I may have just had the regular old flu. I don't know. I will tell you that it took me a long time to find a test. Tests are not available fucking anywhere in the city of Memphis. I had to go way off the beaten path and then wait in one of those huge lines to finally get tested. The take-home test, at-home test, those aren't anywhere. Those are not findable. I went and I got tested and then by the time i got the results like i knew brian was gonna have a problem with it immediately <laughs> <laughs> i figured he was gonna be like you motherfucker and that's exactly what happened he said what the fuck you asshole <laughs> <laughs> and i was like he's so disappointed that i don't have covid it blew my mind. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? 
So I just went back to bed, blocked it out. <laughs> yeah, the headaches were probably the worst part. The fatigue was really bad, the runny nose, the sore throat, the tight chest, but the headache was the worst part. I could not shake this headache. I've taken ibuprofens, all kinds of things. And just today, this morning, I woke up with like a mild headache. Like I can still feel it right now. It feels like head pressure, you know, from sinuses. But uh, feeling better. Um, yesterday, the headaches were still there. and I was getting worried. We put the podcast off for an extra day. I think that helped all three of us. There's no way I could podcast last night. Right. You were just yes. getting you were just getting back into town, and Brian was probably working his tail off. Yeah, it's been an eventful week, but also like a not non-eventful week because I've just been sleeping for the most part. But uh, happy New Year! I know, right? As Brian would say, "Welcome to 2022." <laughs> so. We've got our it's pick. It's 2022. <laughs> it is also 2020. <laughs> so we've got our pick game. We'll get into that. But before we do that, maybe, uh, Bo, is there any NBA news that you caught this week? Oh, man. I mean, other than the health and safety protocol nonsense. Oh, yeah. Players are just dropping like flies. They're in and out. Um, I know. I mean, you could pick any team. As uh, so we talked about D Rose's surgery last week. That's old news. I'm trying to think what stood out to me. Tonight's Dirk Nowitzki's jersey retirement. Oh, really? Yeah, I missed that. It was tonight. I believe it's tonight. Where? Dallas not playing tonight. Anyway, <laughs> Dirk's getting his jersey retired this week. Oh, is he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on what's tomorrow? Oh, so Dirk's getting his jersey retired tomorrow. All right. Yeah. Let's see. I saw something that was interesting. Maybe you guys. Right. Maybe you guys have something to add to this. I don't know. But the Blazers added a uh, Rodney Billups to the coaching staff. Oh, yeah. Rodney Billups is the brother of Chauncey Billups, his little brother. That was announced Friday. He'll be joining as an assistant coach. I went to college with Rodney Billups, I believe. Yeah, that makes sense. Him and I were at school at the same time at the University of Denver. Yeah, he spent the last five seasons as the head coach at DU. Yep. During his tenure, uh, Rodney Billups struggled he was 48 and 94 that's not a big <laughs> basketball school mm-hmm. they are a big hockey school they won a national title when i was at school there oh wow that's pretty impressive yeah it's it's pretty awesome to be at a d1 school and have your best sports team win the national title in, in division one mm-hmm Let's see, Rodney spent four seasons as an assistant at Colorado. That's where his brother Chauncey went to school. It's interesting. I mean, he comes to Portland, and the team at the time was sitting at 13-21. and 21. So they're not doing well, and then they bring in Chauncey's little brother. It's kind of weird. 
It's super weird. It's kind of to me. It signals the sick. The ship is sinking, and I'm trying to get my home. My brother paid hmm. before I'm out of the league again. You don't think that the uh, the coach bringing in his little brother as an assistant? You don't think that's just a shot in the arm that Portland needs <laughs> <laughs> to be successful for the rest of the season? You don't think that's what's going to put him over the hump? I don't think so. What the hell is this? <laughs> it's it's coming after tons of criticism towards Billups and the current current state of the Blazers. I just don't understand why. Do we see this as a good thing or a bad thing that he's hired his brother? Is Ben Wallace not available or Ben Wallace is an executive. <laughs> yeah. Tayshawn works for the Grizzlies. Rashid's got a job here in Memphis as an assistant with the uh University of Memphis Tigers. It seems like a really weird play. You couldn't get like Rip Hamilton as an assistant? <laughs> like somebody that played in the NBA, at least? Yeah. Just seems like a weird move. It'd be like, uh, I mean, we always do this, but could you imagine if the Grizzlies, Taylor Jenkins, like hired his little brother onto the staff? It'd be like, what? I know. Why? <laughs> we always do this. We always revert to... Well, what if the Grizzlies did it? Hmm. And I couldn't imagine that. It's just it's the strangest thing to me. I don't. I can't figure it out. I can't figure out why he did it. Was it because Billups was out with health and safety protocols and he needed somebody he trusted? I just don't know. I'm looking at the thread on the uh, on the Trailblazers subreddit, and it's all they're just like making nepotism jokes there's not even a serious comment on here <laughs> very strange and then uh the next news from portland is damian lillard's out with that uh abdominal injury that just isn't going away so they're just like shutting down dame <laughs> does uh does dame have a little brother <laughs> maybe they could sign dame's little brother Maybe they just need to sign a little penny. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming CJ's been out. CJ McCollum's been out. I'm assuming he doesn't have a little brother. Otherwise, they would have just signed him to <laughs> replace CJ McCollum in the starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess we don't <laughs> we don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. And that's kind of our take on it. Anthony Simons has taken off, though, since Dame has been out. The first game that he played without Dame, he sh- made nine threes and scored 43 points with seven dimes. <laughs> Go, Anthony. But the hiring is just the weirdest thing. No, there's no, there's no sense to make of it. And yeah. Even if his brother was awesome, he wouldn't be getting this job. He would be getting a better job, I would think. And then in addition to that, the season is just like, why would you even do this This in a shitty season? Maybe Chauncey plans to step aside, and he's hoping his brother takes over the gig. He's got like a five-year <laughs> contract, guaranteed. He could resign. It's insane. <laughs> he could. It's not what he wants. Uh, Chauncey doesn't need the money. If he walked away. Yeah, he needs the reputation, though. Yeah. Rodney began this season as a scout for the Milwaukee Bucks. So he was already kind of in. Oh, so they're bringing him in because Rodney knows 
the Bucks for the finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I got out of it. It's just a fact. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing to me. Maybe he wants to somehow give his brother a chance to interim head coach when he resigns. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I've never seen it. I've never seen somebody just like hire their little brother mid-season or like a third of the way through the season when they're losing. I got some other news. Okay, what? Ricky Rubio tore his ACL. That's a bummer. We were so high on him yeah. last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it happened the day after we recorded, right? Yeah. Mm. That's a blow for Cleveland. Yeah, and a domino to fall of that was the Cavs traded Denzel Valentine for Rondo, who then Valentine went to the Knicks, something or other. They're going to waive him, right? <clears throat> yeah. Valentine? Yeah. At 31 years old, I guess Rubio can make a comeback, but damn. He'll come back. He's not. I he, would think so. Is it the same knee he already had his ACL repaired on? Left knee was the first time. Yep. Same knee. If, if the left knee was, uh, yep. yeah, the one, he, the one he tore the first time, then yes. Damn. Nine years ago. Yeah, Rubio also tore the ACL on his left knee during his rookie season in Minnesota in 2012. Dang. Ouch. Yeah, that's too bad. It is. I think he'll. Rubio loves playing basketball. Like Rubio doesn't play because he's tall or because he was thrown into it. I mean, this kid was a, like a 15 year old pro, right? Yeah. Like Rubio plays because he loves the game. He'll come back. I believe that he'll attempt to come back. I don't think that's it for him at 31. I would not think so. I think I don't think he's going to get a big contract next year, though. What's his deal? But who now? who the fuck knows? Look at what Mister Demar Derozan's doing in his thirty-two year season. Mm-hmm. It'll be. I'm actually most curious about what kind of contract he gets. Does he get some kind of mid-level? Maybe he signs like a mid-level deal on a contender because he will be back for next year's playoffs at full strength. So I bet you he signs with a team that wants some extra ball handling. That's a contender for whatever, like taxpayer mid-level or some kind of something like that. Somebody will take a chance on him or he'll be picked up on a 10 day next year when the, better than a 10 day, when the coronavirus is wiping out players again. The we're, we've circled back to the the Delta Delta variant. Mm-hmm. Somebody will pick him up on a ten day. He'll impress. Yeah, he'll make a comeback. Yeah, it's a bummer. Hate to see it, especially being a fan of the guy. You know, the day after we're talking him up. Yeah, Grizzlies could have drafted him. Do you remember who the Grizzlies drafted instead of Rubio in that draft? Was that the beat year? Yeah. Yeah, Hashim. <clears throat> Hashim the dream I think they could have picked a few other guys yeah the Timberwolves were so solid on Rubio that they they drafted back-to-back point guards in the lottery that year (laughs) yeah I don't know if if you guys knew this this is an interesting fact they picked Rubio fifth Johnny Flynn sixth and then 
you know who went seventh to the Golden State Warriors? <laughs> yep. This will surprise you. And I think he's won a couple MVPs and titles, and he might win the MVP this year. He just might. Hmm. If John Morant doesn't get it. That's David Kahn. Mm-hmm. Guess how many career? Oh, man. One game away. Shit. Rubio's played 665 games in his career. So he's mm. got to play at least one more. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> Did you guys see Toronto's not letting fans in the games? I knew they cut capacity. They're not letting fans in at all now. Did they cut it to like a thousand or something? Yeah. I was watching a game and it looked like there was nobody in the stands. Yep. Their home games are limited to a thousand spectators. Who gets in? Yeah, how do you decide? Like, who? who how do you decide who gets I'm in? I'm sure the some sort of a lottery deal. Yeah. I would think. Or I would think uh, season ticket holders get. Yeah. I mean, if you're a season ticket holder, your envelope goes in the refrigerator <laughs> for a few minutes. So maybe it can get, you have a higher chance of being chosen. <laughs> Yeah, can can yeah, we can we can we stay on that for a second? Why <laughs> haven't with this t- talk of like elections being rigged? Like, why don't we have sports fans just outraged that the you know lottery's rigged like constantly? <laughs> <laughs> Do we not? It's a it's a collusion illusion. That's right. So, it's fake news. <laughs> Who's gonna be? So collusion, need, delusion, illusion. No, we need to nominate the Mike Lindell of the NBA lottery. <laughs> it would be Kyrie, wouldn't it? <laughs> anyway, I digress. I think Kyrie's about to play again, huh? I think so, yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, the Nets, uh, the Nets need something. Sheesh. Mm. Harden looks completely washed. Or I did last night against the Grizzlies. I didn't get to watch that. I was, I could have watched it on the airplane while we were de-icing for an hour, but I was <laughs> in Memphis and League Pass doesn't work for the Grizzlies. Ah, <laughs> uh, the old, the old blackout rules. I was like, come on, an airplane, guys. I'm going somewhere else. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that was a fun game. That was a fun game last night. I'm sure we'll get into that at some point, but. What do they want? Six in a row now? They've run six in a row. Ten of eleven. What do you make of uh, Darius Garland imitating John Morant with his uh, hairdo tonight at the Cleveland game? He was pulling a little uh, Ty Lu on on Allen Iverson. I missed that. (laughs) (laughs) Like you couldn't hear me, uh, or you don't know what I'm talking about? No, no, no. I. uh, Fell asleep watching the game <laughs> oh. before the podcast. They're working too much before we were recording. Well, yeah, I caught the last minute of the game, sadly. Well, I'll explain it to you. So Darius Garland comes out, and he's got his hair pulled up exactly like John Morant. The long braids pulled straight up on top of the head, which I've never seen before John Morant did it. I, I don't understand why... Garland pulled that move. I guess he was trying to uh, troll, or maybe uh, it was some kind of head game. I don't know. It's not the biggest, you know, story in the world, but I just thought it was interesting. It was weird. 
I immediately thought of Allen Iverson and Ty Lu in the O one finals. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Lu pulled the braids. Yeah. The cornrows. And I was like, well, which one's Ty Lu and which one's Iverson? I think that's pretty clear after tonight. Oh and yeah, indeed. It's Jiverson and <laughs> Garlu. Which one's which one's Tyloo and which one's Michael Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You hear me? We, yeah, we hear you. We uh, hear Yeah, Grizzlies are rolling, man. Team effort. John Morant leading the way. They're like they're turning into a unbeatable team right before our eyes. Even with all the COVID issues. I guess Jenkins missed the game too because his father-in-law passed away. Still winning. Adversity, forget about it. Conflict, issues, nope. Gonna win anyway. That was a big win for Memphis. They trailed a lot in that game against Cleveland. It's a big win. The Brooklyn Nets and then Cleveland. Cleveland had a similar record. They've been on a tear in the East. Steam rolling through. Yeah, they had everybody back. They had Garland back. They had uh, Mobley back. Mm-hmm. Just missing Rubio and Sexton. And Colin Sexton, yeah. yeah. But uh, on the road. Did uh, did Rondo play tonight? On the road, back-to-back. No, I just saw no Rondo. On the road, back-to-back, win-win against top teams in the East. Sounds good. I was pretty euphoric last night. Watching the watching the Grizzlies play Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I mean, we look like world beaters. Joe mm-hmm. went on that incre- he had an incredible third quarter run. Well, I feel like all the guys have the same mantra: we can beat anybody when we play mm-hmm. at our peak level. Which they should feel that way. They're doing. They they're, sh- yeah, they're doing it. <laughs> they, they shouldn't, or they should. They should. Yeah, I mean, it's a good mindset. Brandon Clark's been playing super aggressively. I'm loving Brandon Clark right now. Jaron played. Shout out cousin Brandon. That's right. And Jaron <laughs> played much better tonight than he did against Brooklyn. I love aggressive Jaron. The team's been playing well. And you've got to think that it's because it all trickles down from John Morant. They have a good leader on the court. Even when he's not on the court. He's a good dude to have around. I think he inspires guys. He doesn't let them quit. He doesn't let them get down. He doesn't let them think that they can't do something. I think it all stems from John Morant, really. It's just his attitude. I think the other guys embrace it. They follow him. I think they're all kind of like, all right, whatever Jaw says, let's go out there and get it. I think he's definitely the alpha. I think so. I like. I, I'd like to think Stephen Adams has a lot to do with the culture, but <laughs> yeah. I well, you see Stephen Adams on the court with this team, and he is like, when he's cool not being out there, and when he's out there, he's all about it, mm-hmm. and he's always smiling. And that's a veteran move. And so I, I feel like that sets. Is he is he the oldest player or is Slomo the oldest? I think Slomo might be older. Yeah, I think Slomo. Yeah, Stephen Adams older. is only like he's only like twenty eight years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So, I mean, John Morant definitely is the alpha. Defensively, Steven Adams is maybe a tone setter. I mean, Dylan Brooks yeah. is on a isn't on a totally different wavelength than everybody. So I don't want to like act like he's an alpha. And Jaron's Though defense he, has been good too. Yeah, Jaron's defense has been really good. That is not an understatement. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think, think well, maybe he's not I wouldn't say Adams is an alpha, but I think he is like he is huge for the chemistry. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think that might have been part of the trade reasoning also they're having fun i recently watched a uh steve kerr was on uh john stewart show uh the problem with john stewart have you seen this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a good show john stewart's back on tv in case you didn't know and uh he had steve kerr on and steve kerr was just uh he asked him a lot of questions about basketball he's asking him like uh you know how much does the coach actually have as far as influence with the team and why do you guys win? And Steve Carr talked a lot about like uh, having fun out there and uh, listening to his players and kind of like uh, joining with them. Like they're all the coach. Like he asks Andre Iguodala for advice on things. And it's, it's a very team, like Steve Carr is part of the team in a way. Right. Um, he's not like the dominant coach figure like a doc rivers or something he's part of the team and uh, it was very interesting and i get a lot of those vibes from memphis where it's about having fun and being loose and stephen adams definitely fits that mold he feels he fits in that category of having fun you know what i mean and being chill i think you're onto something there they are having fun. Like if you, if you think of like I was watching, we were watching the Nets game, and I was like, "Those Nets are not having fun." Steve Nash is not having fun. He's definitely feeling a lot of pressure because of the expectations that come with coaching James Harden and Kevin Durant, and people expecting you to win. He's feeling that pressure. Nobody in Brooklyn looked like they were having fun, especially when they were losing. But even when they were winning, nobody looked like they were having fun. It's just a totally different, it feels like, culture. How many teams look like they're really like having a blast out there when they're playing? I think the Cavs seem that way. Do they? I think so. Okay. Maybe Charlotte, I think. The Bulls seem like they're all business. It doesn't look like much of it is fun. Like maybe some of it, and I'm sure they have fun here and there but when they're playing i mean zach levine is like a very serious dude i think DeRozan too for the most part but like the warriors and the grizzlies are the only two teams that i see on a regular basis that are just enjoying the shit out of just even like playing and being there for each other you know i think the youth aspect has a lot to do with it yeah young guys tend to be more loose and jovial but yeah they're gonna they're gonna cut up a little more you know but golden state's not like a young team and and yeah it's steph true. curry sets kind of the tone for that like loose fun behavior and kind of like uh anything goes it's a playground atmosphere and i think uh bo's kind of right with steven adams kind of sets that tone as well where it is kind of laid back 
I don't know how much influence he has, but those things can be contagious. Those uh, attitudes, people can gravitate towards them. But damn, John Morant's ability to take over games, that seems like a big key too. That's very Steph Curry-esque. That's pretty wild, man. He's really taken a leap this year, and it's so fun to watch. Man, it's exciting. I feel like we like should take advantage of having front row seats to one of the most surprising and exciting teams in the NBA right now. Yeah, man. I I saw a uh, a guy with a Grizz hat on at the Minneapolis airport. Nice. He, he says his, his girlfriend works for the team. It's like I didn't know anything about Memphis until until we got that Kevin Love OJ Mayo trade and we got uh, Mike Miller <laughs> Kevin Love from y'all. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I think Ja Morant has big reach. I think he's going to be a Ja Morant All-Star. What's that like a month away? A month uh, probably like 6 weeks away or so. So we got we got more time to talk about All-Star selection. He's an All-Star. We got more time to break him down. If we want to, Zach Lowe and Chris Herring had a podcast doing their all star selections, and they said John Morant's an all star. That's awesome. So there it is. That's awesome. He's going to get, I mean, he's like shooting almost 50% and 40% from three. Even if the public doesn't vote him in because of the market or whatever, he's going to make that reserve spot, but he should be a Mm -hmm. fucking starter. Jaw Star Morant. What about Mitchell? I think Mitchell gets the starter starting spot. Hell, Bane should probably be a, a reserve. They <laughs> <laughs> get those top shot uh, values yeah, you, up. There you go. <laughs> I have a Bane top shot that's for sale for $4,500. <laughs> it's pretty fun, man. It is fun. Every night, I feel like we're treated to some great event, which is a Grizzlies game. It's really fun. I, I don't know what else to say. I can't wait till they play the Warriors again. For a long I mean, time, the only Warriors loss was to Memphis. Yeah, uh, we play them next. We play them in a week next Tuesday night at home. Hey yo, that'll be a big one. You want to know? You want to know how I know that? Why? Uh, because our boy Mike Zinkus texted me tonight. Oh, and said, "Hey." What you doing next Tuesday night? Shout out, Mike. And I said, I don't know. We'll see if any of my more of my employees contract COVID between now and then. <laughs> oh fuck it, you should just go. Just staff yeah, like make go. when you make the schedule, schedule like two extra people for that night. Yeah, yeah, I may do that. Find them. Find those. It's a good, it's a good idea. That's <laughs> a good idea. That way, when one misses. You got to ace up your sleeve. Yeah, we play Warriors Tuesday and uh, Timberwolves Thursday. Oh, yeah, so Timberwolves like- could be could be my backup plan, but let's let's be honest. I'm going to go to the Warriors game. Yeah, fun. We go uh, go sit in an arena full of uh, people infected with the Omicron variant. Yeah, we'll <clears> see <throat> who misses work next week or the week after yeah. that. <laughs> trying to think of a good heckle for Steph. They call him Steven. Stevie, what up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Just call him Seth. 
What up, Steph? Pull your mask down and go, hey, Steph. <laughs> you seen the positivity rates down here? <laughs> Just start breathing really heavily. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the South. <laughs> COVID hot. Uh, speaking of COVID, I have a I have a pop quiz for you guys. So there's one team so far this year that before today had not put a player into the health and safety protocols. Do you know what that team is? First, Utah Jazz. It is the Utah Jazz. Oh, Joe Ingles. They put a yes. They put a player in the health and safety protocols today. Their first one of the season. Wow. Prayers up for Joe Ingles. Yeah, totally. Jingles, my man. I don't know if you have it or not, but you're but you're in the protocols. Oh. Good luck. Hope you didn't affect infect anybody else, any of your teammates. Mm. Hope Rudy Gobert doesn't catch COVID. Joe seems like he would be a vaccinated. He seems like a reasonable guy. Yeah. He's got a family. He's got kids, you know? Yeah. You would think that most people with children would want to get vaccinated so they wouldn't risk bringing the virus home to their kids. Mm-hmm. I think Jingles is pretty clearly vaccinated. Yeah. That's a crazy. That's their first one. They do it different in Utah. San Antonio, and this is kind of goes into my lowered expectations, but fuck it. San Antonio's done a pretty good job with it too, but they recently just got nailed with COVID this week. That's why I said San Antonio. Mm. Nope. Utah was the last one. Wow. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's at this point. It's just inevitable. There's no. There's no stopping it now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody's going to get it, but a lot of people are going to get it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are getting it. Oh well, I saw another variant with uh, like 46 mutations. Right? They've caught it. Yeah, they, they found a new one in France. Yeah, in France oh, from people that were traveling from Africa somewhere. Yeah, another one. So we'll see. And this one seems like it's uh, it's not uh, reacting with the vaccine. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, vaccinated people are way more susceptible, apparently, to this the new yeah the new variant because it's mutated so much. Yeah, Africa's Africa's a problem because uh, nobody there's vaccinated because the rest of the developed world won't send vaccines there. This just I'm I'm going back to like a whole year ago when we were sitting here not watching basketball and just talking about covid. <clears throat> yeah. People saying that they're not getting vaccinated and just I'm I'm just like shaking my head like you're you're going to be part of the problem. It's going to keep mutating and keep getting worse because people are just flat out stubborn. That's a problem here in the states. This issue, um, the global issue, yeah, that's that's an interesting point you bring up there, Brian. <sighs> Frustration. It, I fear we've reached the point now where the uh, it's just, it's too late for the even the current vaccine to even be effective. You know. Yeah. Can't keep up. We'll get another booster here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Jeff's about to be like ten behind. Not even. <laughs> I'll get my shit taken care of. I'm kidding. Stop trying. Stop 
Booster bully in me. Booster bully. <laughs> On another note, did you see over the week, uh, I guess Carl Malone's one of the top 75 NBA players. This is, this is great. <laughs> he was awarded in the top 75 players group. Oh, okay. Carl Malone was, which is fine because of his play. He's a great player. But I don't know why the NBA decided to make multiple posts on Twitter about Carl Malone showcasing his award. I just didn't understand why they did it. They could have just skipped it. The comments were unreal on Twitter, and they never pulled the post. They just made like 20 more posts afterwards, I guess, to bury it. But the comments were unreal. Everybody's just commenting about his relationship with his son that he doesn't talk to. And on him being a total pedophile. Yeah, all the all the comments were some variation of, of something something 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> just they just kept posting one after another celebrating Carl Malone's career and every single time they got more and more ridiculous in the comments. It's like Whoever's running NBA.com's social media just isn't paying attention at all. Just one after another of pedophile jokes and shaming him. And it made no it made no damn sense why the NBA like approved this or went ahead with it. Like you could have just avoided it. Like make the list, but you don't have to make a bunch of social media posts about the guy when all you're getting is negative energy back like what 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 is the point of that either the nba twitter person isn't reading comments or they don't care how bad these posts make the nba look like nobody wants to see that shit just read the fucking comments you idiots <laughs> <laughs> like why are you doing it nobody nobody fucking wants to see it this carl malone shit he impregnated a minor when he was in college <laughs> a minor not a minor not a minor. minor a minor not a guy that goes in the not a guy or a girl that <laughs> goes into the earth's crust to look dig for minerals like a minor like a under 18 year old oh that kind of minor I thought that was interesting. Something that happened in the NBA this week. Fucking morons. Get in touch with the fucking world. Like, who approved these tweets? And then was like, yeah, yeah, send another one out. <laughs> that first one went over really well. Send, uh, like, at least three more Carl Malone tweets out with highlight <laughs> videos. <laughs> this is working. We're getting a lot of traction. The numbers look good. We're getting a lot of comments, views, a lot of uh, a lot of hits back to the website on this. Yeah, we're getting a lot of traction. <laughs> we're getting a lot of clicks. Whatever you did, do it uh, two or three more times here in the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Com 
completely ridiculous. I think uh, if Brian has it in him, I think it's time to move to the pick game. I mean, I can yeah, I can hang out and listen to you guys talk about the pick game. Do you know anything about the games that were covered? The teams that were covered? Um, it was. <laughs> I believe it was Chicago and Washington. It was. You're familiar Woo! with these teams. Yeah. Well, let's get into it then. Pit game was on a Saturday. It was the Chicago Bulls visiting the Washington Wizards. It was a New Year's Day game. It was our first pit game of the new year. Interesting fact. DeMar DeRozan's highest point scored in a game in his career was on a New Year's game. It was like 10 years ago. Like 50-something points. It's like 56 points or something. Interesting fact. But here we are, nonetheless, at Capital One Arena. Did you know in March of 2020, when a COVID pandemic started, Capital One stock fell to $45 a share. And now it's even higher than it was before the dip. It's at like $150 a share. Could you imagine? You could have tripled your money if you had put your $100 into Capital One stock in March 2020. Mm. You'd now be sitting on $300 just like that. Capital One, a lot of banks like that, big banks like that took massive hits when the pandemic started and their stock prices. A lot of people sold. A lot of people sold. They got out before it went to zero. A lot of people thought they were going to lose everything and nothing would ever be the same again. A lot of people hit the panic button. A lot of people didn't wait and see. A lot of people just went straight to panic. So uh, the Bulls are sitting in first place in the East now, huh? Yep. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. Wizards, uh, the Wizards had a really strong start to the season, right? Remember, they were up at the top. and I think we all kind of agreed they wouldn't be able to sustain it. They've now slipped down in the standings and are sitting in eighth place when I covered the pick game here. Not sure where they're at tonight. Not sure if it matters. The Wizards payroll is 136 million three hundred thousand and three two hundred sixty one. The Bulls it's one hundred thirty-four million seven hundred sixty thousand seven hundred and nine. So the Wizards have a slightly higher payroll than the Bulls by about two million dollars, about a million and a half, somewhere in there. Did you guys? Uh, did you guys watch the game? I watched the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter. Yep. Brian, I'm guessing you didn't catch it since you were working. I did not get to watch the pit game. Every single hour of the week? Pretty much. Pretty much. I'd, I'd hope to maybe watch it after the Grizzlies game last night. Mm, no. Especially since I knew we were going to go ahead and at that point we knew we were going to record tonight. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but I, f- I fell asleep after the Grizzlies game. 
And then I right. fell asleep during the Grizzlies game tonight. So that's okay. I won't hold it. I wanted you. to. Yeah, I wanted to because I, I don't think I've really watched a Wizards game yet this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I've been trying. I enjoy watching Chicago. It's fine because um, they're a good team. DeRozan's on my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. It was um, a good game. I really, um, out of all the pit games that I've missed this season, this is the one that I'm most bummed out that I missed. Mm-hmm. So I think that should I think that should count for something. Yeah, your feelings so. your feelings count. Yeah, I don't think we should we should put this in the loss column for me. <laughs> I don't think that would be very fair. You didn't watch it. You'll just be held back a year. You're just not going to go to the eighth grade. <laughs> You're only hurting yourself. Uh, but Billy, I can't wait to get to high school. Don't ever say that. <laughs> You're only hurting yourself. The more games you watch, the more aware you are of what's going on in the NBA. I find it's best to watch these pick games as quick as possible if not live therefore it's not a burden and you're waiting till the last minute but that's just me i watched the bulls broadcast because i did not watch it live i watched it on uh, nba league pass replay i watched the bulls broadcast because uh, i couldn't remember the last time i did watch a bulls broadcast do you guys remember why we picked this game. Uh, <laughs> I, the they were going long, long. It was drinking a lot, and I said, "Just pick a game." You said, "Like this one." I said, "Pick it." <laughs> there were pretty good. There no, were. That was the process. I'd believe it. <laughs> <laughs> there were reasons. <laughs> we picked it because it was a mixed bag of players. It was two confusing, seemingly thrown-together teams. We thought it looked like a fun game. We thought it would be interesting. I like the Bulls, the team of all Jordans. I saw something in the pregame that I uh, wasn't aware of. Uh, Something that's happening in the NBA that I wasn't aware of. In the pregame, they showed the Bulls players going through metal detectors. They really make the players go through metal detectors. You know, it's funny you bring that up against the Wizards, formerly the Bullets. Is there a famous incident with a gentleman that's now in jail <laughs> and a famous blogger, we'll call him, and a gun? You're, of course, talking about uh, Javaris Crittenden, who's in prison right now for murder. For first, first degree murder. <laughs> and uh, Gilbert Arenas. But do they, I wonder, I, I assume if they're doing it in Washington, they're doing it at every arena. I think they do that metal detector because it's the nation's capital and it's just presidential <laughs> and political safety. <laughs> I, I don't believe it. So they really make the players go through metal detectors. At least they do in D.C., whatever that's all about. Bo has his theories. <laughs> what are they going to do? I mean, I had no idea this was going on in arenas. It could be a team policy thing after the arenas thing. Yeah, probably. I've never seen it on television before, but I bet it's league-wide. They can't just single out DC like that. 
Like, look, because Crittenden of a was a murderer. Single, because of a single event. They can't just single him out like that. No way. I bet it's every arena. So the, the NBA probably said, all right, new policy. Metal detectors for everyone. This game was the first time the Bulls have started a calendar year in first place in 25 years. So I'm assuming the Jordan era. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? (laughs) That stat is brought to you by Menards and Coors Light. Menards. (laughs) I got 30 bucks in Menards uh, rebates I got to spend. What should I buy? 30 bucks. (laughs) A cot. This stat brought to you by Biddy's Beverage Barn. (laughs) 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 The Bulls were on a six-game winning streak. Sounds familiar. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are sitting in fifth and sixth place in points per game at 26. How about that for a dynamic duo? The Wizards are coming off a win against Cleveland. We know Cleveland's been playing well, so this is all kind of lining up to be a really great game. Do you know Michael Jordan owned both of these teams? It's true. I mean, he played for both of them. He, they owned, he didn't own the Bulls. He owned the Bulls. Definitely. <laughs> so, Bo, you said you just watched the fourth quarter. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I guess you can take a little bit away from a game by doing that. Not much, though. I wanted to watch the whole game, but I, I was unable to watch it Saturday and Sunday. Mm. Then Monday was shot with travel, and today was a sh- was surprisingly busy. Maybe if you just... Wake up a little earlier or stay up a little late on one of those nights. You could have got it done. Well, this is the thing is I was out of town mm-hmm. in my parents' house. Mm-hmm. So you got a phone. Yeah, man. Watch that shit but on your I'm, phone. Like, drinking beer with my dad, hanging out. Yeah. Visiting, you know, you know, how it goes. Yeah. We probably should have taken another week off then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> I have some thoughts on the game, and I guess you can join in when uh, we get later in the game. Levine and DeRozan are so good at creating their own shots. This has got to be super tough on defenses. Which guy do you put your best defender on, you know? We can reference it to the Grizzlies if you want. So our best wing defenders for Memphis is Dylan Brooks, right? Which guy do you pick, DeRozan or Levine? If you're uh, if you have to put your best defender on a guy, I guess probably DeRozan, and, and especially this year. And I feel like Levine, he's a he can be a little more reckless and inconsistent. Hmm. Though he's really good, I feel like DeRozan. If you take him out of the out of take him out of the game, that's my game plan. Hmm. Though that's probably why I'm not a head coach. Yeah, I think you have to pick one, but you also have to be very willing to switch and kind of guard both guys and maybe try to double. But if you decide to double, I mean, forget about it. The whole team, on the whole Bulls team can score for pretty much anywhere on the court. When the Bulls make substitutions, they sub out one 6-6 or 6-7 player out for another 6-6 or 6-7 player. Comes right in. 
What do you guys like the most about DeRozan? He's kind of the key player, I feel like, in this Bulls squad. What I really like about DeRozan, what I, why I enjoy watching him is, you know, as a, as, a, as a modern wing, he hasn't given up on his mid-range game. He leans on his mid-range game. Oh, yeah. It's something you don't, you don't just see a ton of. He's not just a lay it in or shoot a three guy. Mm-hmm. He kind of takes those forbidden shots. That's what his, that's what his game is relying on. Mm-hmm. Is taking those shots that a lot of players don't take, and coaches don't want their players to take. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's just not really a whole lot of players like him. A lot of players don't they don't have a game like that anymore. It reminds me um, of like what Jordan or Kobe would have done. You know? Yeah, I was going to say it's exactly the what I was going to say. Especially, especially Kobe. Mm-hmm. You know, Kobe could Kobe could break you down off the dribble at the three point line, and instead of just going to the hoop, he could just he could just drain one from you know fifteen feet out, no problem. Keep you guessing. Yeah, he can literally score from it, it's, his three point shots gotten better this season. I feel like he can just literally score from anywhere on the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not a guy you want you want taking high volume threes, but he can hit them. Yeah, I like that. I just like the, his craftiness, and you put him in the mix with this Bulls team with Levine, who can slash and hit a three, and then Vucevic offensively is all over the place. It's it was not something I would have predicted as a number one seed in the East. I, I'm surprised that it worked out the way it has. Mm-hmm. And if this Omicron variant chills out, I'm looking forward to seeing the Bulls and the Grizz in person in February in Chicago. Oh, that'd be a fun game. Yeah. Ooh, we got to circle that one. That's going to be a big game. Bulls Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Your buddy, my buddy, Steven. Yeah. I've he, talked about it. He's got some tickets. He, he's got like a power pack or something like that. Nice. That's going to be fun, dude. Yeah. I think he got 20 games this year. Nice. Good year to have Bulls tickets. It is a good year to have Bulls tickets. True. Yeah, Bo, don't worry. You can, um, at NBA arenas, you can only catch COVID if you're 15 feet away from the players. Okay, I got you. Like other, yeah, unless you're courtside, you don't have to wear a mask. It's fine. Okay. So (laughs) just don't make eye contact with the security guys. Because if you do, they'll probably try to get you to do. They'll do the little mask motion. Yeah, you just you just keep a keep a sucker in your mouth. Yeah, and uh, and you don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I like about DeRozan is he's out there just looking smooth as hell. Like he makes it look easy. I do agree with what Brian said. He does have like a very good mid-range game which is kind of like a lost art and i agree with Bo, where he's crafty he can find different ways to score he makes it look easy he's got great style when he plays he's just kind of always in rhythm and then it's hilarious to watch him break down the defense he gets in the post in there uh somewhere in the mid-range somewhere Inside the three-point circle, the defenses kind of get lost. They're not sure exactly what he's going to do. Sometimes they collapse on him. And he can either create his own shot or 
He could just pass it to Zach Levine, who's constantly open. You're getting buckets no matter what with these two guys playing so well together. That being said, somehow Washington led after the first quarter, 32-25. to 25. I noticed that creep, Matt Boland, number 18, was assigned to referee this game. Oh, your buddy. Yeah. Did you invite him to Christmas dinner? No, I wasn't there at the Bulls game. <laughs> uh, I did notice that his forehead was like super white. And like the rest of his face was really red. You you said he was a golfer, so I guess he golfs with a hat on. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> uh, so okay, the game, the game's getting into the second quarter. Washington's kind of running away with it, up eleven, and I'm kind of thinking the Bulls aren't bringing their usual effort. The game was moving fast. The Wizards were running fast, and they were running often. They were getting up and down the court quickly. The Bulls were on their fifth game in seven days, so they've been working hard. You know, they're pulling like 160 hours a week over here. (laughs) Denny Advia for Washington, he looks like he's getting better in his second year. He's the 2020 ninth overall draft pick. He looks like he's getting better. He's got more moves to the basket. His defense, he was guarding Levine and DeRozan a lot. And I think he actually ended up fouling out of the game. Yep, yeah, he fouled out. Kyle Kuzma. What do we think about Kyle Kuzma? What do y'all think about Kyle Kuzma? Lakers could use him. That's what I think. (laughs) I don't think the Lakers knew how to use him. I don't think the Lakers had any clue how to fit Kuzma in with LeBron and AD and all the rest of those guys. I like Kuzma. You like him? I like him. What's your favorite part about Kuzma? Uh, just every bit of Kuzma I like. It's hard to, it's hard to pick just one quality, you know? Mm-hmm. No, nah, I mean, it's, I don't. He's playing aggressive this year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call him the alpha on the team, but he but he does a lot for you. He can score, he can rebound. I feel like um, he, I feel like he's been very passive, and and maybe that was part of the Lakers' deal with him was like, hey, you're fourth option. Yeah, very passive in the past. He seems aggressive in Washington, like he's making moves. He's he's taking it upon himself in this game, especially, and from what I understand, the game before this one, but he's. Getting to the rack, he's he's just being more aggressive, and that's that's what I like to see in a player. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think a change of scenery was was very good for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of those young guys that played with LeBron when he first came to to LA, yeah, I mean, they're just playing in his shadow. Kyle Kuzma probably feels a little less pressure. He can just play his game. Mm-hmm. He's your prototypical nba athlete you know he's tall he's rangy he's got a he's got the nba body he's tall I mean, long arms yeah he's well i mean yeah he's he's what you he's your you know your what you want your model of an nba player to look like you know in in today's game i guess <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure if i'm a fan no i think the jury's still out with me 
Uh, going into the game, I'm not a fan. After watching the game, I'm still not sure, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more of a believer than I was before I watched him play this year. I'm wondering if Doc Rivers was his coach, if he would quit basketball, <laughs> if he would ask for a trade, if he would sit out or anything like that. Or if he would play through the adversity. I'm still wondering about this guy's mental toughness. His ability to not just be aggressive at times in games, but to stay aggressive in games. And play a whole 48 minutes of a game and stay zoned in and dialed in. I still think he can become that player. I don't think he's quite that player yet. But if he can get there and stay there, like I saw him be aggressive, but it was like flashes. It reminded me a lot of like Rudy Gay, where Rudy Gay would be aggressive for a little while and then he would disappear. He's got great size. He's got great mobility. He just, I think he needs to want it. And he has to want it more than not in a game, if that makes sense. I mean, like, ideally the entire game. But, I mean, I know guys guys take plays off. I know that. But I'm not 100% sold on him yet. On whether or not he's like a... He's obviously a player, but is he a top player? Is he a middle-tier player? Can he carry a team? I don't know about that. Is he a good wingman? Maybe. Maybe. 29 points in a game. Three assists, 12 rebounds. Those are pretty solid numbers. 12 of 18 from the field. I mean, we're looking good here. These are good numbers. The game did come in a loss, but I'm just not totally sold on him yet. I need to see him, like, face adversity. So, I mean, his Laker days were not impressive by any means. I mean, he looks good right now yeah. on this Wizards team. Yeah. Him and Bradley Beal, I think, got a good thing going. I think they've got a little uh hey, you're my you're my guy. You're my partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't see him as a guy who can carry a team, but I mean who who doesn't want a twenty nine and twelve guy against the number one team in the Eastern Conference, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was surprised a bit in this game how aggressive he was being. But Sometimes I was like, wait, wait, where'd Kuzma go? I came into the game not liking the guy at all, really, to be honest. And maybe that's because all I know is what he did in L.A. Uh, moving on, moving on. This game really was like the tale of two halves. The Wizards won the first half and the Bulls won the second half. The Wizards led by 12 in the first half. And the Bulls won the second half by 13. So that kind of gives away who won. I had a lot of fun watching one of my favorite players go at it in Zach Levine. That's a guy that I believe in. When I watch him play, I don't see him disappear. I don't feel like Zach's not on the court. I feel like he's always there waiting to strike like a great white shark. 
right before the half, both teams hit threes, like last second threes. And you kind of got the feeling neither of these teams were going to give up or quit on this game. I felt like we were definitely in for a good one. And coming out of the half, it took Chicago about four minutes to get back into this one, making it a three-point game after trailing by 12 at the half. Where are all my Io Desumu fans at? <laughs> you guys in on this guy? Have you seen him play? He's the guy out there that looks like a baby. <laughs> he slipped so far in the draft. 38th overall pick, rookie. Io Desumo. I like this kid. This dude is going to be a player. I see something special here. He's super defensive oriented, but he can finish real nice around the rim. And he's done it against some of the best shot blockers in the league this season. Watch this man when he gets in the game. The Bulls are kind of deep, and he's coming in off the bench. But watch him. Watch him get to the rim. He's very creative. He sees the angles. Now, he's still a rookie, and he's still kind of adjusting to the huge size and experience of NBA players on these other teams. But I think it's going to come to him. I think he's going to be so good. He was giving Bradley Beal shit the whole game. Like a true menace. Bradley Beal probably hates this dude now. Io has focus. He shows effort. And he appears disciplined. Disciplined in that he plays basketball the right way. And he's doing work to become better. He's learning the game. This kid's going to be a player. I like him. He passes my eye test. Right now, it's just about minutes and continuing to learn the game. You guys know about this guy? He hasn't really jumped out at me. We've talked he about just, him. He just recently, he just recently, looks like he just recently started getting minutes, or maybe he was injured in the protocol. It looks like he's getting about 20 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. Not quite enough to you know rack up stats or anything like that but mm -hmm. his impact on the game is felt defensively this dude seriously like was shutting down bradley beal when he was on the court the kid can play i hate that you missed this game four minutes left in the third washington's still up eight bulls are hanging in there though it's a real back and forth game but the bulls appear to tighten up their d DeRozan was making shots. Derek Jones Jr. was getting more aggressive. They had cut the lead to two going into the fourth. This big man, uh, Daniel Gafford from Washington, this guy was doing some damn work. Um, nearly a 20 and 10 game. 19 and 8. 19 and 8. Mm. Almost 20 and 10. But talk about being aggressive. This big man was. Uh, holding it down as Washington's pretty much lone big man. He's <laughs> <laughs> getting, he's getting it done. I liked him. I liked his effort. Look at the uh, scoring for the Chicago starters though. <laughs> Let me just put it this way. IO <laughs> scored four points. Troy Brown jr. Scored two points and that was it for the bench scoring in Chicago. <laughs> Kobe White had 20, 
Zach Levine, 35. Vucevic, 22. DeRozan, 28. Derek Jones Jr., 9. So all the scoring was coming from the starters in Chicago. It's pretty wild there. I thought it was pretty funny. And you were talking about earlier DeRozan, you know, has got he's got that mid-range game. The entire game watching the Wizards, I felt like they were either shooting a three or they were getting in the paint. I don't remember much mid-range at all. Kobe White has rejoined the Bulls recently. And uh, Kobe White likes to score. Kobe White, he can dish. He can make those passes, but he likes to score. I saw Zach Levine look like he maybe got a little frustrated with Kobe White a couple times where Zach is open. Zach wants the damn ball. Kobe White goes to the hole and maybe he misses a layup or something. And uh, I saw Zach drop his shoulders a couple times. Just kind of looked frustrated. He's like, motherfucker, pass me the ball. <laughs> he wasn't getting it, and Kobe was missing shots. I saw there's some a little bit of frustration there, it appeared. And Kobe might be one too many cooks in the kitchen there. Zach, Zach sees himself as a point guard, I think. Uh, I like him a, a lot at the two, but he wants the ball. He's a ball-dominant guy. It didn't seem to last, though. Kobe started passing more, and uh, his shots started going in. And I didn't see that Zach Levine body language. I think Zach just saw that the guy had no damn shot, and he was taking it anyway. I mean, Kobe, Kobe's filling in for Lonzo, though. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, what happens when Lonzo's back, too, you know? A lot of Lonzo, qu- good. A lot of questions yeah. here on who's Lon- going to play. Lon- Lonzo's, a, I think Lonzo's a better backcourt mate for, for Zach. I think Lonzo's I mean, a good backcourt mate for anybody. But yeah, anybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, once once he's back, Kobe slides back to the bench, and he's your he can be your you know your microwave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lonzo Valanciunas would be nice. <laughs> Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Kobe White will he accept that bench role? <laughs> You think Alonzo would be good with a with a healthy Zion? <laughs> I think so. A, Maybe. So many theoreticals, I can't even wrap my head around it. We'll never know. <laughs> you think Kobe is okay with a bench roll? Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I think he's going to have to be. <laughs> he'll fucking light it up. He'll light it up with that bench crew. Yeah. I mean, that's, <clears throat> that makes him very deep. Hopefully he buys in. Hopefully somebody can get in his ear and, and say, hey, man, you can still get 20 a game coming off this bench. You're just going to have to do it in less minutes. I mean, Chicago's in a good position to to tell him that because they're, they're yeah. first place in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> right, and they got there without him. He's not, he's not coming off the bench for a bad team. Yeah. Yeah, that helps. Coming off the bench for a bad team, that's got to be, especially when you were a starter the previous season. Mm-hmm. That would have to be a tough. That would be a tough sell. Bo, fourth quarter. What'd you see in the game? I was there. I watched it. I saw the Wizards trying to <laughs> run run away with it. <laughs> uh huh. I saw the Wizards trying to run away with the game. Mm-hmm. They were about to do it. Mm-hmm. I did watch it in pieces. <laughs> I tried my best. All right. Well, the, I saw the intensity <laughs> really start to pick up. Uh, I watched the whole thing, at least. With about 3.30 left in the game, 
the intensity really picked up. It did. And Kuzma in the fourth was trying to win that game. Yeah, he was. You know who else was trying to win that game? Bradley Beal. DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. I was going to say Levine. Levine hit a three. <laughs> I was going to say the guy you didn't say. <laughs> With about a minute 45 left to give the Bulls the lead for the first time since the first quarter. It was his seventh three of the game. And the Bulls were up with like a minute left. Kuzma, on the other end, uh, <clears throat> missed a three. Missed the go-ahead three. Vucevic missed a three on the other end. There's 10 seconds left with Washington ball down one. 10 seconds left, you're looking at, all right, we want to get the last shot, but in case I miss, we're down. We need to leave, leave maybe enough time for a rebound and another shot. So Bradley Beal kind of went into the lane, and the defense just kind of collapsed. He went into that mid-range area there, and they collapsed just enough off the perimeter to get Kuz just open enough to get a shot off. So Beal kicked the ball out to Kuzma. Kuzma hit three to take the lead by two with three seconds left. Kuzma hitting the big shot. Your guy. <laughs> The guy that I'm paying more attention to now. You know, I had Kuzma. I had him probably every single year in fantasy basketball when he played for the Lakers. I think that's why I'm burned. Dude, it's <laughs> been so bad. He's having a good, great year fantasy-wise. Yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll poison the well for you, Jeff. Yeah. I think there's like some animosity there. I shouldn't hold it against him, though. It's a new team, new start, and he's playing well. And he's hitting fucking clutch shots. Chicago used their last timeout to advance the ball. So they got it on their half. They inbounded the ball straight to DeRozan. He's near the corner. He spins. He takes a dribble. He moves deeper into the corner. He pump fakes. He gets his defender off his feet. He fires up a last-second shot. It rattles on the rim, and it goes in. Game over. Bulls win at 120-119. That was the pick game. You missed a last second DeRozan three to win the game, Brian. He, sh he saw the highlight for sure. But I did see. I saw the highlight that night. <laughs> and I said, and I said, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it's too bad I had to, I had to close tonight. <laughs> too bad yeah too bad what a shame how did that how did you end up in that situation that's about all i got for the pick game anything to add fellas it was a good fourth quarter kuzma good bradley beal vaccinated's good excellent maybe they'll play do they play again this season yeah i think they play they again already... like next week or something oh i'll have to watch that one Wizards Bulls play January seventh, Friday night again in Chicago. Ooh. Rematch. How many star? How many stars does that one get? Friday night. Well, considering we just did the game between those teams, it's <laughs> probably not on my radar at all. <laughs> as far as stars go, I don't know if I could handle doing. I, I I don't know. It could be fun. We've never done it before. Are we going to watch a rematch? And maybe uh, I'll just play it silent in next week's pick game and let you guys carry it <laughs> no 
That's an idea. Rematch. You guys uh, run the pick game next week. You think you can handle that pressure? You deserve a break, Jeff. Well, we'll pick a game, but first... Lowered expectations time. If you don't know what lowered expectations are, we each picked a team that we have low expectations for. Bo, you picked the Timberwolves. Do you have anything this week? Um, not really. Brian, this you picked week. the Bulls. Do you have anything <laughs> this week? Um, we just we just covered the Bulls. All right. So, okay, Bulls are good. No, they've exceeded expectations. Yeah, they got Lonzo back. They beat Orlando last night. Oh, last night? Okay, or, cool. No. Yeah, yeah, last night for their eighth straight win. So, Chicago, let's go. Very nice. My expectations couldn't get any higher, really. Look at all I these would close not, games. I would not think so. That's three straight close games for the Bulls. They beat the Pacers by two. Last week on Friday. Then Saturday, they beat the Wizards by one. And then they beat the Magic by, is that four points? Hmm. And now they got to play the their next game is against the uh, Wizards again on Friday. So they have some time off at least. But they're, they're finishing these close ones. They're winning close games. My lowered expectation team was the San Antonio Spurs. And boy, have they been... Bad. What's interesting to me this week with the Spurs was uh, the Becky Hammond thing. Okay. I saw that. Yeah. She's uh, leaving the NBA to join the WNBA Aces, the Las Vegas team, which I think is like the best team in the WNBA. She gets to live in Las Vegas. So that's cool. That must be nice. I have a quote. Ms. Hammond said, uh, I sat in head coaching interviews in the NBA, and people said two things. They said, you've only been in San Antonio, and you've never been a head coach. The Aces saw me as a head coach right now. So the NBA didn't make a spot for her, and they lost her. She's going to the WNBA. I think she signed a, like, a huge deal making her, I think, like the uh, highest-paid WNBA coach in history, I believe. It's too bad for the NBA. They lost out on a good opportunity, I feel like. She interviewed for a bunch of NBA vacancies last year. The Trailblazers went to Chauncey Billups. Apparently, she was not offered any NBA head coaching jobs. So when the Aces came calling, she was interested she had no intentions of leaving the NBA, she says. I never closed the door on the WNBA, though, because I love the WNBA. I've learned to just keep my options open and try to be open-minded. When the Aces called, I listened. She said, this was never really about the NBA or WNBA. This was more about me personally being ready to have a team and wanting to have a team. So she was ready, and 
Whoever gave her an opportunity she was going for, it appears. She also addressed obstacles she faced as a woman interviewing for jobs coaching men in the NBA. She said, we never had these conversations about men leading women's teams. So they lost her. The NBA lost her. She said uh, she's kept a close eye on the WNBA during her Spurs tenure. She said, uh, to be quite honest, I've been watching the WNBA and stealing their plays for a while. <laughs> hmm. That's unfortunate for the NBA. They, she left the Spurs for a coaching gig because she's ready to be a damn coach. And she wasn't getting the damn opportunity. So they lost her. Your loss, NBA. I guess the NBA is just not fucking ready for a woman head coach. I'm not going to sit here and act surprised. It sucks, but I'm not surprised. That's all I got for lowered expectations. Let's pick a game for next week. huh? Let's do it. Anybody had time to look at the schedule? I've got it pulled up right now, Jeff. I couldn't find many. I kind of am gravitating towards this uh, Washington-Chicago redo (laughs) and letting you guys tell me what you like about these teams. Or you tell me what's going on. I'm interested in this Heat-Trailblazers game. I want to see what Rodney Billups got. (laughs) Heat Blazers? (laughs) I'm kidding. Wednesday, the Spurs are playing Boston. That could end up being a good game. I got like three stars. I didn't see much that was interesting. You know that map that w- Wizards balls is one that sticks out for sure. Yeah, three and a half stars. Yeah, but I mean that's weird to do one back to back, but I maybe think so. not. I think it's super weird. I'm not afraid to get weird. I'm not scared to sit here and be like, "All right, tell me about the pick game." Well, yeah, I thought the fourth quarter was interesting, but I didn't really watch. I mean. I, what? What did you say? Yeah. That can't be a thing here. <laughs> I think uh, I think Jeff wants to do that game. I think he just wants to put a little pressure on us, Bo. Brian and I need to collaborate and get our shit together. I'm I think Jeff wants to cruise in next week and go, hey, I didn't watch the pig game. <laughs> I'll watch it because I'm a professional. But we can't. But we're not closing. I've watched every pick game that we've ever done. Actually, looking at the uh, schedule, the, the Heat Suns Saturday looks pretty sweet. Why? You got Jimmy Butler and Chris Paul. What you mean? That would be an alpha showdown. Well, Heat culture versus Chris Paul. How's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Heat, the heat are doing, doing things with their banged up self. It's a pretty high-profile game. That, that it is. Bucks, Hornets. How many stars are you giving that? Uh, I'd say three and a half. It's a five-star system because uh, I'm a five-star man. <laughs> I'd rather watch Bucks, Hornets than another Suns game. No, I love watching the Suns. But for the purpose of our podcast, that's not our play, I don't think. Not right now. There's going to be Suns games that have more meaning later in the season. Right now we need to dig into the roots of 
House of Hoops, man. I like Washington, Chicago. <laughs> uh huh. I like Golden State, Dallas tomorrow night. Oh, the Dirk six thirty for mm-hmm. uh for Dirk's retirement jersey retirement. That is interesting. Uh, again, we're talking about doing a Golden State game. It's pretty high profile right now for the this point in the season. Yeah, there's just not a lot. Yeah. Really no, jumping out at me. Mm-hmm. Popping out, as it were. Okay, so... Let's do a Grizz game. Let's do Grizz. Talk Grizz. I think we can save the Grizz for a better game, like that right. Chicago game or something. Okay. <clears throat> so, to me, we're looking at Washington-Chicago on, on Friday or Milwaukee-Charlotte on Saturday. Jeff, I feel like you don't want to do... Chicago, Washington again. So let's do Milwaukee and Charlotte. Yeah. All right. Cool. I think it'd be fun to see LaMelo and see how he hold and see how that team holds up against a favorite in the East. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, a favorite in the East is a low prof- profile game. It's still Packers season. Nobody cares about the Bucks. Yeah, let's see if this 500 Charlotte team can uh, beat the defending champs. I got a feeling this is going to be a one-way game. But we'll see. Charlotte's young and they're hungry. And in their last several games, they've lost to the Wizards, lost to the Suns, beat the Pacers, beat the Rockets, beat the Nuggets, lost to the Jazz, lost to the Suns, beat the Spurs, lost to the Blazers, Lost to the Mavs, beat the Kings. So, yeah. The last time these two teams played was in Milwaukee, and the Hornets only lost by two, 125-127. So maybe we're in for a game. That was about uh, five weeks ago. All right. I'm sold based on the last time they played. That's the big game. Milwaukee in Charlotte, Saturday night. I guess that'll pretty much do it for us tonight. I'll let you guys go. Let Brian get some rest. I've actually ran a little longer than I thought we would. Thank you, Brian, for being here. You're a trooper. Thank you, Jeff, for having me. I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Thank you, Bo. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate the time, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers.
so easy to bob your head to. Shit knocks, dude. Solid beats, Housman. Thank mm-hmm. you.